welcome to Real Clear Fetish Talks Real Clear Play, an Instagram live slash podcast kink chat about sober life, safe practices, and so on. Tonight we have David, but he will be logging on through Ray Fairskin's profile because his own phone doesn't work. We've had a little bit of technical issues, but I think we're there. Thank you for coming on, David. Um, <laughs> so welcome. much for a simple lock on, but it's what it is. This is about the fifth time now we've tried to start this. Um, yeah. I have to say a quick thank you to my boyfriend uh, for lending me his phone, because apparently my one can't cope with Instagram lives. So, honestly. It's, it's what happens. Technology is a funny thing sometimes if it doesn't work yeah. properly. But should we just jump oh. directly into it? Uh, yes, look, look I've, even, I've even got your questions written down for you. Okay, because I think that's the first question, isn't it? Yeah, names, pronouns, and title. What do you prefer I call you? What do you have your questions written down on? Is it a piece of paper? Oh, I, I knew you'd have something like technology in front yeah, of you. Yeah, I had another phone. Ah, this would explain it. Hey, look, you can have my phone if you want. It's no good at Instagram. But it's fantastic for everything else. Um, names and pronouns. I uh, I don't uh, generally subscribe to pronouns as such. However, if I did, uh, I guess I would be um, he or him. Uh, people have called me much worse over the years. Uh, but he and him, I think. Um, and um, so uh, your name wait, is... Wait, wait, wait. I've got the next question for you. Um, that's right, isn't it? Yes. The next question is, tell me a little bit about yourself. Okay, a little bit about myself. Um, so, um, well, oh gosh, where do I start? Um, I have just uh, notched up my first year um, sober from drugs. I uh, previously managed um, two years and uh, due to various um, difficulties going on in my life at the time, I threw all of that hard work away. So, um, so I had to start over. And um, earlier this month, I clocked up my first year again and it felt just as special as it did uh the the first time around um i described myself for your publicity words as a, a leather rubber daddy apparently um so i guess i'm one of those two um i love my fetish very much um and uh, it's, uh, it's great rediscovering it, but outside of using drugs now. So it's all good. Fantastic, fantastic. And completely sober, clear-headed or social drinker? Oh, social drinker. Um, I was going to have a little drink off to the side here on my desk. And I thought, oh no, I better not, just in case. And, and now I'm wishing that I had one, to be perfectly honest. It's been so stressful at, 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 at this interview. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just <laughs> the crap. 
brown. It stressed the crap out of me. Well, that's not the point. We'll, we'll see if we can get you relaxed again. It's, it's yes, just, please. it happens, technology, and it's, it's, we'll just move on from there. It's, it's perfectly yeah. fine. We'll just pretend um, it never happened. <laughs> let's pretend it never happened. It's fine. It's perfectly fine. Uh, and last question, what is clear play to you and why is it important? Oh, um, clear play to me is hugely important because sadly I discovered kink and fetish inside of drug usage. So I never really discovered it outside. And I'm very quickly learning that sober play is hugely more connective and uh, very much more enjoyable as well. Um, you do have a connection with the other person that you don't have when you're flying high using meth or whatever your drug of choice is. It's just better sex, <laughs> basically. It's, um, it, it, it's more connective and um, that's why it's special to me. So you say you've just celebrated a year sober. Congratulations on, on the year clear of drugs. That is that is amazing. And I will also, a little bit of a callback and, and also to give you a bit of credit, you mentioned you threw out the two years. You still yeah. have you still have those two years. I, I, I think it's it's very important for people in like with drug issues and so on. You can, you can have a stumble, you can have a relapse, but the work you put in those two years are still there. You just had a, a stumble and you picked yourself up and now you're back to a year. So those two years are not lost. I will give you that. Thank you. Um, it certainly felt at the time, I chose to lose my sobriety again. Um, I think it, it, it for me the, the the thing that I learned from it was how how much your mental headspace uh, how much that has an effect on your ability to stay sober and also your reasons sober in the first place. Um, uh, I think the first time around. I didn't really know it at the time, but I, I, I think I was probably doing it for other people in my life, not necessarily me. Mm. And the problem was that when those people were not there anymore, um, I, I felt that I didn't really have any need to continue as such. Um, so this time around, I've, I've had to learn from what went wrong, uh, originally and adapt mm -hmm. it into a way so that I'm sure that it doesn't happen again. And this time I'm very, very much doing it for me, you know, um, uh, and it's the right reason. It's the only reason to do it. You know, if you're doing it for somebody else, maybe that's not the right reason. You know, you have to, you have to feel as if you're doing it for you and not for somebody else. 
it, it's uh, at least not when I talk to other recovering addicts and sometimes your recovery has to be, it sounds wrong to use this word, but selfish. It has to be about you. It's, you have to yes. do it for yourself. And in some cases when, if it is really messy, you have to step away from some of those people to fix yourself first and then you can oh, go God. in and apologize yeah. or make amends yeah. to people you might have hurt down the way but at the start there's just no space to make amends to other people or keep sober for other people it's it, it's very true i couldn't agree with you more um you have to take some time out to uh to fix the damaged bits of yourself. And in 2021, which is uh, when I returned back to using meth, um, there was a lot of hurt there <laughs> and um, a lot of bad headspace stuff going on as well. Um, but, um, uh, you know, it, it, it it was just a case where um, I quite literally just kind of woke up one morning and said, okay, this, this can't continue. It's no good for me. It's no yeah. good for me personally. It's no good for me on a professional level. Um, people aren't necessarily getting to know the real David either. They're, you know, getting to know some other version of, of, of him. And um, I'm in a good place right now. I, I, feel, I feel okay about things. In fact, actually, no, I feel better than okay about things. It, it's, um, this is probably the, the, the happiest I've been in my life for years. Um, I feel far more stable with my life choices and everything. And being clear-headed helps with that hugely. Um, as you, you know, as you know. Yeah, absolutely. You you mentioned, for example, you discovered kink or fetish in drug taking. That was kind of part of your story. How how have you found splitting those two up? So, because I know from myself and personal experience, it took a long time to split it. But then again, I had kink beforehand. How how did you figure out how to navigate that in a healthy way and also figure out what was the drug taking and what was actually you? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I've, I've discovered that um, drug taking for me was essentially just amplifying everything that was already there. Mm. Uh, so I have a disgustingly filthy mind. Um, and I do enjoy. Uh, I do enjoy my sex on the um, uh, on the dirtier side. Um, drugs were just basically amplifying all of these things that I already felt. But the problem was is that once you get a drug like meth latch on to all of your um, dark sex secrets. Uh, it just unleashes them all, you know, it takes away all of your uh, inhibitions. 
So what I've had to do, I was really worried actually at one stage when I stopped using drugs, that I wouldn't be able to have the kind of sex that I wanted to have. It was a real worry. I know that sounds really stupid to say that, but I, I was worried that I, that I couldn't do it. Um, but by playing with the right people, I think that's important. Um, playing with the right people in a trusting environment with people that you can trust and usually sober, clear-headed people, you're obviously on the same wavelength as them. Um, mm. uh, and you're thinking more sensibly. Um, I, 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 this is gonna sound strange as well. I had to reprogram my head to do things without. And then um, eventually I just discovered, oh, okay. I can I could still do this and I can still feel really kinky and in all of this stuff and have great sex, but without using. And <laughs> it's such a liberating experience, you know. Um, you come from something where you you feel that all is lost, everything's lost, and then all of a sudden you think, oh no, actually I can still do this. Um, it's a great feeling, um, and uh, as I play more with a clear head, I'm just enjoying my sex more and more and more. Of course, it helps if you've got a really nice boyfriend to have sex with. It's all I'm saying. Well, well that He's probably help, yes, head. and I know who you're... He's probably in my bedroom now, smelling my underwear or something. I should think. Uh, I'm sure he is. He probably is. Actually, he's probably got one of my gym jocks strapped round his head by now. So, how how did you actually? How did the drug taking start? What what brought? Was um, it just on occasional party use or? Was it just something that happened? Oh, it was. Um, I I was just getting fetish leather in particular, and I was in my thirties, i.e., yesterday. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Roughly today. That's all, you know, um, and you know, like everybody you're curious about what certain drugs do and the enhancement that you get from using them. And I'd heard about meth and I can remember chatting to some of my friends saying, oh yeah, what's it like to use? And, um, oh dear, uh, the first time I used it, it, uh, well, that was the start of my downfall. It just latched onto uh, all of the little mechanisms in my head that were just eager to get out. Um, it just took away all of that inhibition, all of that worry. And um, that was it. 
uh, I just kind of, it, it just stuck. And uh, yeah, difficult stuff. It's, it's a really pernicious drug is meth. Um, you're not aware. You're, yeah, you're not aware of what it's doing quite literally until it's too late. And even sometimes when it's too late, you still can't stop. It's a, it's a difficult drug. Uh, it's a difficult one to break away from, but it is possible. You can, you can do it for sure. It requires some patience and a lot of work and so on. What, what, is there any specific situation that kind of went, do you know what, I need a change. I need to stop doing uh, this. I know a lot of people refer to like their rock bottom, but was there anything particular that kind of made you, I need to change my life? Uh, well, I suppose it, 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 the, the first time that that happened, Ralph, was um, uh, seven years ago. Uh, I arranged to hook up with uh, some guy off of a particular website, which will remain nameless. Um, and uh, there's nothing unusual in that. You know, we all do it. Um, and uh, I uh, set off to this flat in North London where I thought that I was going to have this fantastic evening of method debauchery <laughs> and I got something else all together um I uh, I discovered that the guy had web streamed me uh not only taking meth but um at that point I was slamming it slamming meth and he'd caught all of this on webcam. I had no idea all of this was happening. Um, and people got to see that recording that shouldn't have done. Quite a lot of people. And uh, that changed my whole life. Um, you know, you see a you see a David now that's able to talk to you via a phone camera that um, kind of comes across as being not necessarily terribly shy, uh, even though he really is. <laughs> um, that incident changed my whole life. I practically disappeared. Um, off of the scene, off of everywhere. Uh, I wasn't meeting people. I, uh, I kind of, my friends that I had at the time, I chucked them all away, just pushed them away. I didn't want to see anybody. I didn't want to talk to anybody. Um, I had a terrible fear of these things, phone cameras and any camera. Uh, it, it really, it was a psychological, um, I'm going to swear, Ralph, you're going to have to cut this out. 
No, you're allowed to swear. It's an adult hey. podcast. Hey. People are allowed to yeah, swear. <laughs> it was a real fuck up. It was, it, it really fucked me over in many ways. Um, and that took me a long time to recover from, from that, a long time. Um, there were so few, um, few support groups, actually, as a gay man that I felt that I could turn to and go to for help with that. Um, because there's a lot to deal with there. You know, after all, you're talking about the invasion of your life. You know, why on earth mm. would you want for, um, you know, why on earth would you want, you know, your friends or anybody else knowing what you do in your private life? You know, you don't. Um, so when that happens, it's a, it's a real head fuck. And it takes a lot of work to get your head around that. Um, uh, I did get some help with that. I would, I um, reached out to um, uh, a woman that operates a, um, uh, a website called Victims of Image Abuse, or as it was there, then, Victims of Image Crime. And I told her about what had happened to me. And... Um, we developed a good friendship and uh, she helped me a lot to, to pull me back from that. And years later, um, I just turned that negative experience into um, something a bit more positive to get help for, uh, more help that is, for um, the LGBTQ community and um, non-consensual image abuse, as it's called, or non-consensual image recordings. As it, you know, I can guarantee during this live, there will be some guy out there who doesn't know that he's being screened by another gay guy. You know, it, it, it happens a lot. Some people seem to deal with it better than others. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, so um, to try and improve that situation, I became a, an advocate for that subject for a while. Um, and uh, I put in a lot of work to, to try and make sure that there, there are more support resources out there for guys who are involved with chemsex uh, and have been caught in a situation similar to mine. Uh, so um, there's a lot more out there now than there used to be. It's it's I want to I want to thank you for sharing that that I, I could I could visibly tell it was making you slightly uncomfortable to talk about because you're reliving something that's quite traumatic in your life. So I'm, I'm very pleased that you feel comfortable to share that with us. And I really hope someone listens to this and hears some of your story and kind of go, oh, shit, I'm not the only one that this has happened to because it's. It's it. I would say that type of stuff goes hand in hand, and it sounds. I know it's just a recording. It's not just a recording. It's a violation of your privacy. It is almost on the page of rape. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. I I once described it as mental rape, mm. and it is 
it's not too far away from being that exactly. It, it is a, it's an absolute violation of your privacy and your right to privacy. And, um, and, it, and it's still a big problem. Uh, in the UK, our, our laws have improved a wee bit um, to, uh, to deal with those who um, perpetrate those acts. There's still a lot of work um, to do uh, on that subject. But um, yeah, I, it, it's kind of one of the reasons why I wanted to come on and do this. Uh, the first one is a little bit of a, a pay it forward, as they say in the States, uh, to say thank you to you, Mr. for all of the work that you do as an advocate, as such a strong advocate for sober fetish. There, as far as I'm aware, there's no one else out there that does what you do. And it's such an important resource to have, to, to have that, which is why I'm so pissed off that people keep on complaining about your profile and getting you locked out because it's such a it's such a useful resource for guys like me to have and for every other guy that follows you uh they might just be interested in kink or they might be interested in saying okay i want to do away with the drugs all of these guys can do it um i think i think it, uh, instagram kind of lost the plot a little bit um with all of this because i you know that's how i view your profile it, it's a it's a really important resource for people to have so my message to instagram if you're watching is please buy me a phone that actually works with instagram and the second message is stop blocking ralph rasmussen's accounts you bastards <laughs> stop it for, for 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 anyone listening to this on the various other platforms, I'll I'll give a little bit of background knowledge to what David is on about. My yes. at the moment at the moment right. I am on my backup Instagram account because my main Instagram account, where I have primary all my videos, all my lives, all my followers, has oh, been yeah. blocked been blocked three times this year it is currently still blocked for violation of community guidelines their community guidelines states that your profile can't be sexually suggestive the fact that my site is a kink site and it deals with fetish and so on but i'm fully clothed i don't do anything lewd on the profile um no. but the, the, but the problem is saying something is sexually suggestive is open to interpretation and i have noticed in the last couple of weeks loads dozens of profiles are being closed down deleted and they just vanish uh, my, one of my good friends brew has lost his account this week as well he's had to re reissue his whole platform i also think i'm probably i'm out of luck with my old profile and i will have to stay on this profile now i hope to get it back but it's still not up and running ralph i i i really hope that you get the situation sorted um don't take this the wrong way but your original profile is about as sexually suggestive 
as uh, a custard tart with a cherry on top, which actually could be sexually quite suggestive in the right if circumstances. If you're into food sex, absolutely. Well, yeah, you know, depending on where the custard tart is at the time. I mean, if it's on, you know, top of somebody's cock, that might make a big difference. Um, but, um, you know, it, it's, um, I've, I've, I've seen profiles way more, way more sexually suggestive than yours. So, um, yeah, Instagram, stop fucking blocking people's fucking accounts. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it, does, it does feel a little bit like there's a witch hunt at the moment going on. I'm not, I, I, there's two theories that Instagram are now actually hitting down on the, the category sexually suggestive, or I've pissed someone off in my followers who keeps reporting me. But I think it's Instagram doing this. I couldn't imagine someone would be that petty, to be honest. But then again, the world is sometimes a petty place. You think? Uh, there are some strange people out there. I mean, I'm one of them, to be fair. So, you know, um, yeah. Hopefully you'll get your account back. I, I hope so too. I hope so too. So after you've done like the advocacy and so on, what, what type of work have you done? Have you engaged with uh, people who's been experienced this or um, with, with uh, being recorded without their consent? Yeah. So um, uh, I started a, a, a website called um, LGBTQ image abuse survivors um and i uh i should point out by the way that i'm no longer on a non-active advocate um for the subject the website is still very much there um but i started a, a website so that people could get in touch and if they they felt that that they were able to to share their stories and uh, indeed one guy agreed to do that and his stories are readily available on the website for anybody that's interested in um, understanding and learning that if something like that has happened to you, you are by far not the only person that that, that awful event has happened to. There are many others. So, um, you know, don't feel alone with with that experience um it's been interesting talking to other guys who have suffered or been victims of the same thing the the the, the pattern is usually the same and in some respects you you get the impression that some of it is actually organized a little bit i know that sounds extraordinary but there is um there is an organized pattern to some of these crimes and guys who quite literally do, you know, purposefully set out to, uh, to catch you out as it were, which is incredibly fucked up thing to do. I think, you know, what type of person wakes up of a morning and says, Oh, I know I'm going to ruin somebody's life by, you know, recording them having sex with me or uh, taking drugs, you know? <laughs> um, it, it's, yeah, I, I 
don't have an answer for that one. I don't know what sort of person does that, but um, certainly not. It's me. it's That's... it's it's always interesting when when I see something, um, someone in the gay community who's done something awful or or acting in a certain way. My always my first question is: Were they on crystal meth? Not that I, I'm. I will never say that's an excuse for doing uh, these horrible, horrible yeah. things. But I know crystal meth can get you to a point where you are doing things you normally wouldn't do, and oh. it, it becomes very calculated. It becomes, uh, it, it's. I, I kind of like, it's the same way I describe my addiction is I'm Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde when I do drugs, because mm -hmm. you know me as a sober person, I'm approachable, I'm a very, very nice person, but put me on drugs, I'm a right asshole. <laughs> I've, I've never actually seen you. Um, on drugs, obviously, because you've been sober for many, many more years than <laughs> than I have. I think, to be fair, we're all assholes um, when we've taken, you know, drugs. We've all got the capacity to be. Um, some of us are bigger assholes than others, possibly. Yeah. Um, uh, this is why, you know, this is the, the, the other reason why I'm, I'm, I'm so glad to be rid of it. You know, I'd, I'd, really, I couldn't be happier that it is no longer in my life. It, it, oh God, it's the most destructive thing that I think I have ever subjected myself to. Mm -hmm. um, I, uh, and I use those words because it was my choice to take it in the first place. Nobody made me no. do it. You know, it was my choice to do it. So it, it's the most destructive influence that I've subjected myself to. Um, it, it's just, you know, you never know when to stop either with it. You know, it's not until, you know, you wake up the next morning and you look down at your cock and it looks as if somebody's stomped on it about 12 times. And it, it, and it <laughs> and, and you kind of think, Jesus, God, you know, what was I doing? Um, it's the amount of the it, amount of chafing after a weekend like that. Oh my oh, God! You know, it, it's as flat as a pancake. You know, your foreskin looks like a balloon. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's just like you you don't know when to stop. And um, there's no connectivity with it at all. Um, but um, yes, your cock is quite literally screaming out at you, please don't shove me into another orifice, okay? Don't do it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm already hurting, don't put me in anything else. Oh, it, but. <laughs> That's what meth does, and that's why meth sex is it's just mechanical. It's just mechanical, meaningless. Um, and, you know, you don't need that drug to have 
the same sex. And the great thing is, is you wake up the next morning and you don't have a cock that look as if, you know, somebody stomped on it with a pair of grinders, you know, eight times. It looks normal. Well, there, so, might, well, there might be people out there that like that kind of thing. You never know. Some people, being stomped on. Some people pay good money to have their cock stomped on, you know. Um, so, courses for courses. Absolutely. So um, now that you're sober and you're enjoying your kink life, how are you finding like going to club nights or um, stuff like that where you might run into people who are on drugs? How, how do you navigate that? It's been an interesting experience. One of the things that I promised myself was, as well as learning to have sex without chems, the other thing was, okay, so just because I'm not taking chems, I still want to go out. I still want to have fun. Mm. And I need to also learn how to be in an environment where mates or whatever might still be using. That's fine. You know, I'm hardly in a position to judge everybody else, you know. Um, uh, I actually quite... Um, this is the other thing I've I've discovered that David is is completely able and uh, is able to to do all of these things. He can still have fun at clubs without drugs. Um, I do love a little social drink uh, or lots of social drinks. Actually, I'm like the the reincarnation of Judy Garland. Uh, <laughs> Uh, almost, um, uh, and 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 that's enough for me. I I I I trust myself enough to be able to enjoy myself, and I enjoy myself by being David. You know, uh, I used to pretend to be lots of other people to fit in, what, you know, with whatever tribe I felt that I needed to fit into. And now I just don't feel as if I need to do that anymore. And if I'm just David, I can have exactly the same amount of fun. Um, do you know, I said something earlier about how drugs just amplify all of the sexual interests that you want to do. It's exactly the same, I think, when it comes to club nights out. You know, you think that you need them um to have more fun you don't it's all in you already it's all in you you just have to trust yourself enough to let it all out um and that's the biggest thing i've learned about myself or learned about david in the last year um trust yourself trust yourself that it, that it's see even at five years sometimes i don't trust myself um but that is something i can be quite honest about um i always kind of have if i go to a club night and and there will be drugs around i kind of have to question my intentions why am i going am i seeking out some an excuse 
um, to relapse. And, and, and that's even five years in. I, I have to make myself accountable. I have to verbalize it either. I verbalize it on here. I, I talk about these things because it is important. Uh, I think I mentioned probably in a previous episode around my five-year day, all of a sudden my brain just went, I'm going to hyper-focus on injecting for, I had like uh, two weeks of that and it was yeah. horrible. Like, what the fuck is this about? I remember you, I remember you mentioning it um, on the, on your first podcast of season five. Um, you mentioned that you, you hit a, a difficult spot. I think it was in October. Yeah. Last yeah, it was year. around, it was around my clean time birthday. And, yeah. and, and I literally just didn't know what was going on. But I've also realized that you do go, uh, when it comes to recovery and so on, the craving, yes, gets easier, but it, it will be with you the rest of your yeah. life. You just have to kind of keep it in check True. and question your that's intention true. sometimes. But that's fine. So I have a question for you. Oh. So I know. I know. It's shocking, isn't it? Um, I know. So in October, when, when you reached that, that difficult point, what was it? that made you snap, uh, uh, snap your head back and say, no, 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 um, you know, I've, I've done my five years and I do work towards my sixth year and my seventh. What, what was it that, that made you pull back from, from that? Well, I, 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 I probably mentioned before, I have ADHD, so I hyper-focus on, on things quite a lot. And in that period, I just hyper-focused on that for some reason. Um, <clears throat> other times I will hyper-focus on my phone or I'll hyper-focus on a film or something on, on Star uh, Grindr. Star Trek. Say again, sorry? Star Trek. Do you focus on Star Trek? Because I know you love your Star Trek. Yes, I do. I, I hyper-focus on Star Trek as well. And, and it's, 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 I think it's very much the geeky side of me. Um, oh, yeah. Like birthdays like clean time birthdays are always difficult and i heard a thousand times from other recovering addicts around birthdays or christmas or your birth birthday stuff like that can be quite tricky to navigate um yeah. and sometimes your brain will put you through a loop uh for me yeah. i kind of look at those two weeks three weeks where i was struggling a little bit with my recovery and what that meant and am i actually there was a one point I questioned myself, just like, am I heading for a relapse? Um, yeah. But that's quite honest of, of uh, way of thinking and so on. But I, it, it was nice to, now that I'm looking back, it's nice to look back and kind of go, oh, I was tested and I got through it. Yeah. I think that it's interesting you should say that everything I think is a test when you're trying to stay sober, um, particularly when you're in environments that are very, you know, uh, drug-based. Um, it, 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 it is a test. All, in fact, actually all sobriety is a test. Um, and it, I think for me, you learn something from each year each year you'll encounter something new that you hadn't encountered. 
and you just have to learn on the fly to to deal with whatever you've been presented with uh, whether it's somebody offering you something and then saying you know no thanks um i've already had that happen a few times and i've obviously said no otherwise i wouldn't be uh you know with my first year again mm. um but temptation is always there you know particularly when it's presented to you by other people um but the strength is just saying no no thanks um yeah. i you know i i don't need it david doesn't need it in fact david's better for the experience of not using anymore i think um uh <laughs> i think i'm way more likable <laughs> <laughs> well this is what we what we talked about you you on drugs i can be quite an asshole so yeah i i fully get that oh yeah um yeah uh <laughs> also i'm slightly less smellier when i'm not using drugs i've discovered although actually tonight that's not true uh because i've got dreadfully smelly armpits for some reason but i'm not quite sure why that is i know well, i I I can already say now that wouldn't be a complaint from me. The smellier the better. They're pretty whiffy, Ralph. Pretty whiffy. Oh. I got They're not nice. It, it all depends on the guy and and what kind of body odor he has, but in in generally <laughs> I if if an armpit uh, there's a bit of a whiff, uh there's nothing oh, and this yes. is this is the the best time for me here in London. is traveling on the underground on a friday <laughs> and the builders are on the way home because you can stand like this next to a builder with an armpit out yeah oh so my god i'm in heaven you can just like, bury your nose in it i'm a good old smell um the boyfriend's yeah, got I'm, I'm, pit, to say very whiffy pits could could you imagine you know, me standing I'm, on a train just my face first into this builder's armpit and it's like oh it's a little bit crowded it's like there's no one on the train it's just no no i felt there was a bit crowded just making an excuse it, uh, there's there's nothing wrong with a good man smell you know oh. there's nothing wrong with, you know lap it up breathe it I, in i i don't need poppers i just need an armpit i'm quite happy uh, isn't that true though um man smells are, are just like so they're so sexually charged you discover all this stuff don't you stuff that you might not have quite have got the power of before um you know we produce our own wonderful chemicals that you know uh, that are there to be enjoyed man smells in particular so in like, in, so in in drugs of surprise is there any kinks that's appeared that surprised you that you've relearned or you've discovered whilst you've been sober yes 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 um whilst using i i um used to be quite into piss play and uh there's probably somebody watching this from work now going well i didn't know he was into piss play you know make a little note um <laughs> they probably are actually to be fair um uh i have re very recently discovered that that's come back again i didn't feel i thought i'd lost that 
and it turns out that actually I haven't. <laughs> um, and I couldn't be happier about that. Um, so um, most most of the kink play that I feared I wouldn't be able to do anymore, I've learned how to do again. I think, oh, you know, it makes such a difference I think playing with somebody that you trust, mm. you know, um, if it's like a regular fuck buddy or, you know, whatever it is, uh, if you have somebody that you can trust or that you get to know, it makes it easier to, to do these things again. Um, it, it's, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pleased to say that all of the, kink play that I used to enjoy on drugs um it, it's it's all come back it, it it's, it's it's taken a while because it is all about relearning it really is everything about it your brain just has to be rewired but for, for, um, for any for anyone listening to this because this also goes out as an audio only David's face is one big fucking smile when he's talking about this. So his brain is filthy and he's enjoying it. Well, I've been promised, okay, before this weekend is out, um, I've been promised a bit of wet activity before oh. I get... I know. I know. <laughs> Why are you? <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. I know. Uh, he's probably still sniffing my underwear, I should, uh, I should think. He seems to, cause every time he's here, he's always uh, either sniffing my socks uh, or sniffing my underwear whenever I walk into my bedroom. Very disturbed, very naughty, I oh. have to say. Are you hating every moment of it, I'm sure. Oh, God, oh, it's awful. Oh, oh it's just... Painful. Oh. Mm. Oh, so difficult, Ralph. So difficult. Well, on on that note, we are actually coming to the end of the interview. Oh, good lord! It's yeah, it's 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 almost been an hour already. The time goes I quick. Getting to conversation. It's like <laughs> you were getting ever so rapidly earlier when I was having my technical problems. I could see you going. What the fuck's going on? What I the fuck is going on? I'm Who's not this? very good at. I'm ne. I'm never. I'm never very good at hiding what's going on, no. especially because of my face is very expressive. Do you know there was one guy? I think he was on season four. I forget who he was, um, but he had technical problems, and I could see your face. It was like going, oh god. Yeah, all they've got to do is press a button for oh, God's you're sake. Oh, you calling me out now. Oh my God, you're <laughs> calling me out. I'm not very good at hiding what's going on in my brain sometimes. No, it's perfectly fine. Whatever goes on in my face, ignore <laughs> it. It is what it is. And we managed to do it in the end. And it's been absolutely wonderful to have you on. I, and I, 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 can be, I couldn't be more proud of what you've accomplished um oh. and and the fact that you are um 
at the stage you're at now, and, and because we've had talks about this in the past, um, yeah. and, and, and your struggles and so on, and, and I couldn't be more proud of you. And I, I think I've said this to you before. Thank you. Um, that means a lot and to it's, me. it's uh, it, yeah, so, and I'm so happy you came on and, and you shared these deeply personal things with me um, because I think it's been probably a subject we haven't touched on is this kind of um, non-consensual um, recording of other people. And I think it's, this is consensual. I'm recording you and it is consensual. And there will yes. even be a release form afterwards. Um, this so, around it is consensual, okay. Absolutely, um, absolutely. Be before well, before we, we say uh, bye for now, um, yeah. If anyone has listened to this and they've listened to something you've said and they've really connected with it or they have a question or they've been affected by it, where can they get in contact with you? Uh, you can do that via Instagram by uh, either sending me a, a, um, a message or a friend's request. Uh, there is the LGBTQ image abuse survivors website. There is a link to that. Uh, on my Instagram bio. So if anybody wants to um, read more about that, or if you just quite literally want to find um, a resource that is specifically for um, the LGBTQ community and victims who have been, um, uh, uh, and victims who have suffered from non-consensual image recording, um, you can find links to um, support sites as well to um, help you with that. Um, I just wanted to say that without the work that you do, Ralph, and without all of the wonderful resources that you put together, I know you, you put so much heart and love into doing these interviews. I don't think I would have been able to have fully discovered clear fetish play without it um your podcast with your past guests they're so inspiring and i would encourage anybody to go out there to spotify apple podcasts the uh, the youtube channel that you have um and revisit those interviews because i promise you folks that there will be something there that you will connect with and you will think you know, Christ, I thought I was the only person who felt um, this way about using drugs and the destruction that it brings. And you'll learn and discover that there are other people out there who have shared the same experiences and the same fears with rediscovering fetish with a clear head. You know, can I do it without drugs? Can I do it again? Um, so thank you mister for all of the fantastic work that you do and long may you continue please thank don't you. thank you very much david you're going to make me blush or start crying or something i don't know i know you're going very red you get very red yeah oh god it's making me all blushy now there's just like i'm not very good with compliments but thank you very much and oh, thank okay. you very much for coming on and now you have to go out to your boyfriend and say he has to piss on you <laughs> I think he's outside the door now. I can see him scratching on the door, trying to get into piss all over. <laughs>
So okay, know. I'll I'll let you I'll let you go then because that that I think that's a really good one to end on. That you're gonna go yes. and have some fun with your boyfriend. Cheers, Ralph. You take care. You too. Bye. 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 -bye. So that was David. Um, what a wonderful chat. Uh, heartfelt. Um, serious. It's, it's quite a serious topic we addressed today. So if anyone has watched this who's been triggered or flashbacked or whatever, um, he gave his details. It'll be linked in the description of the video uh, and also on Spotify and so on. I will also link the homepage he's talking about. Um, and of course, my DMs are always open. Unfortunately, this is the backup channel, so a lot of followers are not here. But I'm always open. Um, yeah, please do reach out if you need to, because this is something that needs to be talked more about. So I'm so glad David came on and talked to him about it. But for now, I'll sign off and go out and have fun responsibly and uh, have a good Saturday. Bye. Thank you.